1: Hello everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Aviation Pros Podcast. I'm Joe Petrie, Editor-in-Chief of Airport Business Magazine. Guy Leisner recently took over as CEO of Carver Aero, the owner of FBO Operations in Davenport and Muscatine, Iowa. Leisner has worked in the industry since he was a teenager, having held a variety of positions, including an air traffic controller and serving in the Air Force. I recently spoke with Guy and Carver's Director of Finance, Mike Manning, about the future of the FBO and general aviation as they look to 2021 and the post-COVID future. Well, I want to thank you for speaking with me for a few minutes today. The first question I have for you is: General aviation is experiencing a boom right now in the pandemic. Looking ahead, how do you expect to see this impact FBO operations like yours, and do you expect this sudden growth to continue through 2021?
0: Well, that's a good question. Uh, the uh, the growth we're experiencing right now is uh... of got two tracks actually um typically in uh in a downturn like we've experienced through covid uh, the general aviation uh, takes a big hit but we're seeing a growth both in the charter side of our company and also on the flight school side of our company Uh, flight training numbers are are uh, well up over last year for us as well as charter um, charter is somewhat understandable. People are looking for a better way to get around uh, than traveling on the airlines uh, at this time, so our companies. But the flight school operation is uh, particularly interesting because uh, we're finding that people are coming to us. Uh, they have time on their hands, number one, uh, something you've always wanted to do, uh, maybe cross off a bucket list. And also, we have a, seg- a fair number of people who are coming to us saying, you know what, I, I, I'm going to learn how to fly my family around on my own and not deal with the uh, public uh, version of that transportation any longer. Um, we see this this growth continuing uh, through 2021 um, in that once people get involved in the aviation, we know that once they're in there, they're sort of hooked and they like it and then uh, that leads to other things. So uh, we expect this growth to continue both on the charter side and in, in our play school side.
1: How do you expect FBO services to change long term due to the other changes in the aviation industry? I mean, do you expect new areas of business to open up or changes in how you operate?
0: Well, I don't have a, a definitive answer for that. I do see services uh, expanding, um, services that uh, play off of the charter business in particular. Um, we, we're uh, we're seeing a lot more interest in um, Things related to charter services, in other words, you know, providing services for for um, uh, hotels and transportation to and from airports and various things, that's kind of a, a bounce, I would say, from from some of this. But uh, as far as new business areas, I mean, our, our charter uh, business is uh, the biggest part of that. I also see people who are looking to acquire aircraft who in the past had maybe not thought of doing such or, you know, not considered it. Uh, part of our line of business is uh, aircraft acquisitions and sales. Uh, the market and sales, in particular, has been very fast. I mean, uh, there's the, the inventory's down, sales are fast and quick, and um, and we're seeing we're sort of experiencing that.
2: Yeah, and and in accordance with at least what our plans are, as opposed to maybe uh, weighing in on whether or not the industry will respond like we are. But the intent of our involvement with the FBO side of the business is to make sure that that airport is becoming a hub of economic development within the community. And so we're making sure that we're taking a look at the needs of those communities and looking at the uh, the needs of, uh, of course, the governmental entities that uh, are responsible in overseeing the airports as well. making sure we respond to that so from making sure that our FBOs are full service being able to handle all the needs of uh, those people coming and being a part of the general aviation industry but also then uh, making sure that the actual real estate associated with it is also as productive as possible from expanding hangar space and finding lots of use for hangars and getting the local economy engaged with that with that type of space as well as finding more hospitality and other types of uh, outlets to get that community engaged with the actual airport itself.
1: So looking ahead then, what kinds of investments do you want to explore for your locations in order to meet the needs of business and general aviation in your area?
0: Well, we're looking to expand our our footprint and uh, expand aircraft storage. It would seem now that in most airports, uh, small airports that that, uh, that we typically serve and, uh, and work with, uh, there's not a lot of aircraft storage available anymore. Uh, the locations that we're uh, looking to expand in all have a significant need for hangars, uh, significant need for corporate aircraft storage, transient storage, and also uh, longer term small aircraft storage You know, and uh, spaces at a premium. Uh, a lot of this land has been sort of undeveloped and now there's a surge in activity and uh, to capture that, we've got to expand our footprint uh, on the airports in terms of the space that we've uh, occupied. We also
2: are taking a look at the actual types of services that uh, you know, has been out and present in the marketplace. And we're trying to address some of these areas that haven't necessarily been addressed, either because we've got a kind of a long-standing history of businesses that are getting aged and not responding or we're not getting picked back up by a younger generation, or just, just simply because the uh, you know the initial prestige and money was aimed towards you know some of the bigger ticket items as opposed to some of this middle market, higher volume kind of stuff. And in particular, there is looking at the turboprop industry and and getting into where we can satisfy some of these shorter runs for charter and be able to do it with the minimal amount of time difference for the actual customer while being able to do it with a much lower operating cost and offer them a much better value proposition for using charter. Um, We also are um, looking at, um, you know, again, these investments in the facilities themselves and finding additional revenue opportunities uh, associated with the facilities. So, uh, as mentioned, storage is one of them, uh, providing some more space to be able to uh, uh, broaden services by the airport and help airports, some of these smaller airports in particular, become unique in their offerings. So as an example, um, you know, looking at uh, opening up a potential airplane paint shop as an example at an airport where, you know, there's not a lot of uniqueness to it um, and having that paint shop might then draw some of that traffic in as well as also expanding and pushing those flight uh, flight school services. So that way then we can get more traffic uh, going in some of these schools as well. Um, and then as mentioned before, the uh, hospitality uh, play would be another item that uh, I think we can build out from the standpoint of offering uh, restaurant and food and coffee and other types of uh, dwell time type uh, businesses that bring people to the airport and have them engaged there, but don't necessarily have to require them to uh, you know, get behind a yoke and
1: fly a plane. Now, unfortunately, a lot of jobs have been lost in the aviation industry this year. Because of this, the labor shortages in general aviation have pretty much disappeared. Looking ahead, how do you see this change impacting labor issues going forward for the industry?
0: Well, a lot of the jobs that have been lost uh, this year are in the commercial uh, sector uh, of aviation, and that's been a benefit to general aviation because a lot of those uh, pilots, mechanics, and uh, industries that serve that market uh, have filtered down into to us now. And so um, short term, and it's been a benefit for us. We've been able to uh, hire pilots who otherwise you know would be going along with the airlines and and uh, it, it, our our benefit is that uh, we're able to offer them uh, good benefits and things that they may not get uh, you know with the airlines and uh, hoping to attract and keep them long term. Um, looking ahead, I think that you're going to see a shift in uh, the thought process here for uh, pilots in particular. Pilots are always looking for stability, you know, if they can find it in this industry, as we know, over the past four or five decades has been very unstable, especially in terms of uh, the economy. Whereas we see the steady growth on the charter side, good companies with good benefits, good flight schedules, you know, are retaining employees now, and uh, that's a benefit for our, all of us that are on the GA side of the equation.
1: With all the challenges the industry has gone through this year, are you optimistic for the future of the industry going into 2021 and why?
0: I think we're very optimistic about 2021. I mean, uh, we're seeing a steady growth. We've had this bump in growth in general aviation now due to the COVID issue. But I think people are, uh, it's, short, it's changed the paradigm in how people are approaching general aviation, flying, private aviation in all sectors, uh, non-commercial sectors of aviation we're seeing uh we think it's going to continue and uh, we see that as a as a uh, you know just a a byproduct of uh, what we've been experiencing here Um, again good companies with good benefits uh, offering uh, good jobs in uh, these smaller towns to people who otherwise had to travel to get on the airlines to fly for the large corporate companies are uh, benefiting by all the activity that's happened now and uh, we're very optimistic about our future in that and that, in um, the bigger scope of things, because of that. Yeah, and I think so.
2: As an overall mission of the uh, of uh, our organization, and, and talking more broadly as well as uh, into the, the owners of our company and some of the items that they're attempting to accomplish, we believe that there's a great amount of potential that can be generated through rural America and into the less urban or smaller urban areas. And we think being able to unlock this potential um, is really dependent on getting some of these airports uh, up and running and viable, because now all of a sudden they become uh, a, a transportation hub that can help allow the population to spread out and not be so dependent on large urban centers. We've had the tech industry respond you know, over the last 20 years, providing technology uh, to remove a need to keep a workforce in a dense area. We no longer have to physically be in front of our data and rely on, you know, printed out material and close proximity. Uh, We've got technologies such as web conferencing technology and document imaging and online storage that's allowing us to be able to rethink how we uh, delineate our workforce. And I think with our strategy of being able to open up these airports in these smaller communities will allow people to move further away from these urban areas. And it kind of fits into the kind of the tagline of, uh, of what we, uh, or the mantra that we kind of operate under with the idea that, uh, you know, we're uh, here in small towns with big ideas.
1: Thanks again for listening to today's podcast. For the latest general aviation and FBO news, subscribe to the FBO Daily Newsletter. Also, check out the upcoming print editions of Airport Business to learn the best practices from the leaders in the industry. I'm Joe Petrie. Please stay safe out there.